0: The Cybersecurity and Compliance Podcast with Craig Petronella. Learn about the most current I.T. security threats in ransomware, phishing, business email compromise, cyber crime tactics, cyber heist schemes, social engineering scams, as well as hints and tips from leading professionals to help you prevent hackers from penetrating your network and dropping ransomware or malware payloads. This podcast will arm you with the best info to defend your network against the latest cyber crimes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And now, here's your host, Craig Petronella.
1: Welcome to another PTG podcast. Today, it is Dwight and myself. Again, we apologize for not putting out as many podcasts lately. It's been busy with Craig being able to take a vacation. It's really nice (laughs) for him, but we've definitely had, had a lot of work going on. Hopefully, next week, we'll start doing them regularly again. But today, Dwight is really excited to talk about this topic. Dwight, do you want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today?
2: Yes. For the past couple of years, since we've had this pandemic thing going on, a lot of people have migrated to the home, some temporarily and some permanently. And it's a different environment for sure. And now we're kind of on our own as far as what to do with our computers. So we don't have IT people looking after us. At home, we do probably for the technical issues that we have for connectivity or whatever. But as far as the maintenance goes of the hardware, we do not. So I wanted to discuss a few things today, how we can take care of our hardware at home for optimal performance and then preventive maintenance.
1: I'm really looking forward to this because, again, as we all know, I am not a technical person. So I think I'm going to learn a lot and probably some things that seem common sense that maybe aren't always so common sense.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So do you want me to start?
1: Yeah, so we have a good article here. We'll link it in the podcast description, but it's how to take good care of your laptop while you're working from home. So let's go ahead, Dwight. Let's read that first one.
2: Although it's titled laptop, this can certainly apply to a desktop as well because they're very similar. The reason why laptop is because primarily most people that are working from home, I would say 85% are using laptops. That's why the title comes in as laptop. So point number one, keep your computer or laptop in a clean and dust-free environment. That's important, but it's not always possible, right?
1: Right, right.
2: If you're in an apartment or a place where you have limited space and you're shared accommodations, maybe, or you're living with other people and family or friends or roommates. So basically, what you'd have to do is try to isolate your area. Sometimes that's not possible. But if it's not possible to so have it in a thoroughly clean, dust environment, then here's some tips that we can give you for regular maintenance and keeping things clean. What I would recommend, laptops are notoriously for attracting dust. The reason why is they're so small. Everything's jammed together in this one little piece of plastic and metal, and it's very restrictive for airflow. And dust can cause a lot of issues relative to heat and the keyboard and all these different things are not fluid because there's dust there. So it's important to wipe your computer on a regular basis to keep it dust-free.
1: What would you recommend wiping it with? Is there anything specific or is there anything we should avoid?
2: Don't use tissue paper or stuff like that. That's going to generate more dust. We don't use something like a lint-free cloth, which you can get at any kind of grocery store or hardware store, Walmart or Amazon. You can get them there too as well. A lint-free is very important and you got to be careful. So cleaners, glass cleaners, stay away from that. What I do is use vinegar and water, which vinegar is stinky, smells a little bit, but it's very good at cleaning, getting rid of grease on your keyboard and stuff like that.
1: I want to make this point real quick about vinegar because I'm obsessed with vinegar. Maybe this is TMI, but sometimes I even take vinegar baths, obviously water, right? Mostly water, but throw vinegar in there. And it does smell bad at first, but I will say even if you spray it on something, like if your pet has an accident, it might smell for a couple seconds, maybe 10 seconds, 30 seconds, but then it just takes the smell away.
2: And not only that, it's antibacterial. So it's natural for getting rid of bacteria and harmful germs that can build up on a keyboard or on a laptop. So here's a key point. Do not clean your monitor and your keyboard with vinegar, though. Okay. So clean the surface areas is fine, but don't touch the screen with the vinegar.
1: And how often would you recommend doing that?
2: I would recommend doing that at least every second day. Because if you're working on your laptop, especially the keyboard and stuff, and you're over it and you're talking, so there's going to be lots of, you know... Germs. Yeah, if you're talking constantly in front of your keyboard on meetings too, so there's that from your mouth, there's stuff coming off your fingers. It could even be food on your fingers. stick it to the keyboard. So I would say every second day, at the end of your day, just have a nice wipe, clean wipe. Make sure when you do your cleaning, you power off the laptop completely. And I would even pull the plug. Make sure it doesn't come on while you your cleaning. When it comes to the keyboard, you don't want to apply too much pressure because you don't want to flick the keys. And then when you're moving side to side, you want to do it very slowly and very lightly because you don't want to unhook one of the keys behind part of the keyboard. They can be difficult to put back on or you can easily break them. So you have to be very careful. Depends upon the manufacturer too as well. Some laptop keyboards, they're hot raised. So you have to be careful with those. So you may have to take a little bit extra time to go in through the different keys. If you notice there's some dirt there, go easily through your keys and just wipe the dirt off. Another thing you can do is use a Q-tip. If there's some heavy soil there, you say you waste some food or something on your keyboard. So dampen the Q-tip with some lead vinegar and water to make sure it's not dripping now. Just damp. And then with your Q-tip, just go into those areas and clean up
1: right now you have me looking at my keyboard and I would say I'd get a failing grade
0: yeah
1: <laughs> in fact as soon as we're done with this I'm gonna go get my vinegar and water spray and I'm gonna wipe my keyboard down. <laughs>
2: It's good though, because for that little bit of time, it extends the life of your hardware too as well. Keeping things clean is not just something to do. It's something that benefits you, benefits your computer. And the way it benefits you too is it cuts down the transfer of germs and it looks better too. Who likes looking at a dirty keyboard? I don't think anybody does. Then of course, it keeps performance. People don't realize that stuff can drop down in the keyboard slots. They can bypass the keyboard and get right down into the heart of the laptop and or the computer. And that's where it can cause damage.
1: I think I might have told you about this. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. I spilt water all over my computer a couple months ago. It still works, but there have been some problems since then where it starts overheating. And it says that I'm not online, but I do have internet connection. It's all these little problems, right? So I have to get a new computer with taxes, which I'm not very excited about. But it's for work. When you work from home, it's important to have a properly functioning laptop.
2: It is. And now let's get to the point of some dust. Keeping the keyboard and the surface of the the unit clean with the cloth is good, but... Over time, and it doesn't take a lot of time, especially for a laptop, and especially if you're in a really dusty environment. And most places, if you have carpeting and you got a lot of stuff hanging around, like drapes, and certain environments there's a lot of dust. And sometimes the way you can see it really is open your window when it's really sunny and just look in the air and you can see if it's a really dusty environment. Most home environments are very dusty. So there's stuff that you can't clean actually with your hands. So it's a good idea. I tell some computer pros, not just regular home users or just regular work from home people. And if you're in a really dusty environment, every three or four months, take their computers into a computer shop. And I can get a thorough cleaning. And what they'll do is they'll put a, a compressor. Sometimes they'll blow through all the different vents and dislodge and remove all the built-up dust. And they do it professionally. These guys are trained in that, and they won't damage anything. It's a good idea. It's a really dust environment. And what you have to look at, in your laptop, you'll see some vents, typically around the bottoms or the sides. And if you have to get a flashlight, just to see how densely the dust has built up. And you can usually tell. It's very visible to the eye if there's a lot of dust in there. And if you notice it and it's visibly built up in there, you want to take it for clean. So if you're a computer shop close by, even the smallest towns have a little mom and pop computer shops. And that's a regular thing that people do is clean out your computers.
1: And real quick, just to give people an idea, how much would you say that that costs?
2: That would be less than $50. Okay. And if you're working from home, a lot of the times you can put that in as a tax write-off too, as a part of the working from home. And a lot of times your work will cover this too. They'll give you the money for it. So I'm saying three months, sometimes it's more like six months or a year in not really heavy or really dusty environments. But just say if you're stuck working out in a garage and maybe your husband or your partner's a carpenter and there's all kinds of dust flying. that's probably not going to be the case, but I'm just using that as a really volatile environment, something like that. You'd probably have to be doing stuff every two or three months. But typically for a home environment that's not too dusty, six months to 12 months is more like it.
1: So $50 to $100 a year for maintenance, especially if you're working from home, is probably going to be worth it.
2: Oh, definitely worth it because if you don't, your computer could overheat. It could stop functioning altogether. And if it overheats, fries internally, the CPU can overheat. The fan can stop functioning. and Zap, it's done. It's cooked. Then you're out in a laptop. You got to wait for a replacement. If you even get one and you know, all your bosses say, well, what happened to your laptop? Well, it'll just stop working. It's just going to be a lot of time and effort. You could use pay. So for the amount of money, like Aaron said, it's well worth the time and effort.
1: And In fact, Dwight, after this, maybe this weekend even, maybe I'll go get mine cleaned. Because what you're talking about now, I did spill that water, but it, I did open it up and try to clean it. And there was some dust in the fan and stuff like that. But obviously, I'm not a professional IT person or cleaner. So I think I'm going to go try that. So thank you. See, I told you I'd learn a lot.
2: Yeah, well, hey, that's good. That's good. I'm glad to be able to share this stuff. And point number two is kind of a part of this. It says keep the keyboard clear. And if you are posing your laptop a lot at the end of the day, you close the lid on your laptop and your display goes down on your keyboard. You want to keep that as clean as possible because grease and stuff can get on and get it to stick to the display. And that can be very difficult to remove and actually damage your display.
1: I could say that.
2: Another key point to talk about is keeping things clean.
1: Yeah, let me ask you a question real quick. Speaking of that, would you recommend making sure that your laptop is closed at the end of the day? Does that make a difference?
2: It doesn't really matter. If you have a lot of traffic around your laptop, maybe kids, pets, and those dogs' tail may hit your laptop or the kids may slap at it or something like that. But typically, people don't do that. They take their laptops and they put them away or If they're going to keep them open, it's in a place where there's no one else going to be around, so they're not accessible. So based upon your situation, make that determination. If you don't need to, then leave it. If you do need to, then make sure your keyboard is nice and clean so you don't get all kinds of gook all over your display.
1: Fair enough. Very good point.
2: Point number three, if you're picking up your laptop and moving around, never grab your laptop by the display. Always grab it by the base.
1: I like that makes sense.
2: And the reason why we do that is obvious. Maybe it's not obvious to a lot of people, but your display is very delicate. And by grabbing it by the display, you can actually crimp and or damage the display the pixels. That display is made of wood internally, of a very volatile liquid. And the display itself is very volatile and you can damage it easily. And if you damage your display, basically you won't even be able to view it. It may damage internal parts components. Say if something leaks out and goes into the main part of the laptop, it can damage your laptop permanently or cause enough of a disruption that you could be or down for work for a day or more because you have to bring it somewhere to get it fixed. So never pick it up by the display. Always pick it up by the base.
1: I will say I did know that
2: one. <laughs> a lot of people do. I've seen that. So point number four, insert and remove any cables gently so it's not to damage the ports. The laptops nowadays, a lot of people use docking stations. So the docking station usually has the cables plugged to it. If you're unplugging and plugging in cables on a daily basis or just initially, make sure you take care and time to place your cables in appropriately. If you're putting in your network cable, there's a click and a lock in your network cable. Your USB, make sure you insert it the right way. Don't try to force something. Make sure you look at it and observe the way you're putting it in so that it goes improper. I've seen a lot of people break their USB ports by putting the USB connections in improperly. So just take the time to do that. Then you don't have to worry about, oh... My network cable is broken and my Wi-Fi is not sufficient. So a little bit of due caution and care goes a long way. Here's another good point. Point number five, never leave your laptop around or close to extreme environments like extremely hot, damp, or cold. For instance, I would never place my laptop right next to an air conditioner or a heater or close to your cooking area where there's a lot of steam because water, steam damages can actually short out electronic and uh, cause corrosion over time too as well. And excessive heat because the laptops are so restricted with the airflow, they even adding additional heat close by can raise the internal temperature in the laptop twofold. And that could cause your laptop to crash, to die. And if it doesn't do that, it can cause overall performance issues because the hotter your laptop is internally, the more poorly it'll perform.
1: Why is that? I've noticed that with mine, when the fan starts to kick on and I can tell it's super hot and won't open up apps like it usually does. Why is it that heat causes so many issues when you're on your laptop?
2: Computer parts generate heat for the CPU, which is the central processing unit, it's the brain of your computer, and then also the graphics component. So the hotter it gets, the more poorly it performs. And that's just a rule of electronics, really. So keep electronics cool, any computer components. And when heat builds up, it reaches certain temperatures. Every component has a certain limit or range where it'll function properly. But after you go beyond that range, then you can see issues. And here's how you can tell. Your laptop will be slow. You'll see the circle spinning more often. Applications will take longer to load. Your computer will lock up. You'll have to reboot it. Now it's important because too many sheets on a continuous basis can permanently damage your computer. It can cause chips to fry.
1: That's literally what's happening to mine.
2: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So I probably need to go take it to get cleaned.
2: I would do that. be well worth your time, especially if you'd never had it done. How long have you had your laptop here?
1: It's like a year, not that long.
2: Yeah, yeah. Usually a year you do. You need to clean it out.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: Now, here's another thing too. If you're taking your laptop, say you're out somewhere and maybe you want to go to eat or you're going to go out for the evening and you want to spend some time somewhere, but you also want to work. So you take your laptop out and say it's a cold day in the winter and you leave it sit in your car for a period of time. It's always a good idea when you take your computer equipment inside to let it warm up or adjust to the internal temperature before you turn it on. You could shock the electronics. If it's extremely cold and you turn it on, things could just crack and it'll destroy stuff internally.
1: Kind of like cars, right? How you have to warm up your car before you go.
2: Even more so with electronics. Cars are a lot more resilient than electronics are. Okay. So basically, you take something in from a cold air, let it warm up to room temperature, so depending on how cold it was in your vehicle or how long you had it out in the cold, if it's in the, the minuses, then you're probably looking at an hour or more for it to get an you know, the temperature internally. So that's an important thing.
1: That's so interesting. And I don't know if you can tell this or not, Dwight, but I'm definitely more interested in cybersecurity than I am in software and device. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, cybersecurity is important too, but it's a circle. We take different parts and we do the cybersecurity thing. But you know what? Cybersecurity is useless if your laptop doesn't work.
1: That is so true. Yep.
2: It's everything. It is. Can't you just consider certain parts? You have to consider the whole environment.
1: All the stuff that you're saying seems so basic. And I'm like, how do I not know this?
2: It's our job as IT pros to know these things. And we do these things and we work on them. And it's about being proactive, having less problems, not more. And helping our peers and people that we support with stuff that works and something that's practical. A lot of people use their laptops for storage. They'll put books and all kinds of stuff on top of it. They'll close the lid and they'll put all kinds of stuff on top of their laptop. Don't do that.
1: So yeah, avoid placing heavy materials on top of your laptop.
2: I wouldn't put anything on top of my laptop. Nothing? No, nothing. Because these are computer components. They're not meant for that type of thing. Just say, well, I've done that for years. One of these days you might do it for the first time and then do some damage. These are not pieces of furniture. They're not bookends. They're devices that are very fragile, even though some of them are very tough. Just because something maybe shows you a commercial, something dropped in a laptop as an advertising, doesn't mean you have to actually go and do that. Nothing placed on top of the lid of your laptop or on the keyboard or anything like that because it will just damage the laptop itself. And then you're left with something that doesn't function properly and or did. No, not at all.
1: We want properly working devices.
2: We do. We do. It keeps the frustration level down. Right. Working one day and all of a sudden you got an important thing to do and your keyboard's all stuck. up with with stuff and your keys don't work. You get frustrated that all that could have been avoided.
1: Oh, here's another good point that says, also, you should not place a laptop close to the appliances that generate a strong magnetic field. Good point. Such as televisions, large speakers, etc. How do I know if there's a <laughs> Field.
2: Anything electronic, speakers are one thing close to another television. Your typical household environment is not going to be too, too much. Now, if you're working more of an, an industrial area where there might be machines around with magnets in them, but typically, like you just mentioned, the speakers, large TVs. Nowadays, people have large screen TVs that have the old tube once and the old tube TVs and the old CRT monitors years ago. Remember those big, low deep things? Mm-hmm. They produced a heavy magnetic field. Oh. Most of the screen. Screen TVs today, LEDs, they don't create that kind of a magnetic environment. But speakers do.
1: I've seen the TV shows Breaking Bad where they use magnetic blast to mess up electronics.
2: You can actually wipe out of a hard drive by wiping across a magnet, pretty much.
1: So crazy.
2: Like an old hard drive. I even ventured to say you could probably do it to the new SSD drives. Because it's all chips, right? Yeah. So if the magnetic force is strong enough, it can erase stuff.
1: How does it do that?
2: Opposite poles or magnets, right? Opposites attract, positives attract negatives. The force of the field can rearrange and they memory and stuff like a hard drive. The old hard drives with the platter, they have little shrivels of metal that are pressed inside of a platter. So as data is written to those little platters, those little bits of metal are rearranged accordingly into usable data. So a magnet will come up close and it'll just alter all those little pieces of metal that were already rearranged with your data. So it wipes out your data because the magnet it's metal inside the platter. And the magnet is metal and then the magnet has that magnetic force that draws these bits towards it. So it'll just rearrange all your metal bits.
1: It basically just resets it almost?
2: Resets it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So that's why you don't want to have a magnet close by.
1: I have also seen TV shows where criminals will do that to their laptop to try and erase anything, any evidence, any bad evidence.
2: Yeah, it's a very popular way of erasing a hard drive. It's not DOD compliant now or anything like that, but it's something that can happen very quickly. You don't have to have the magnet right on top of a hard drive for it to happen. You can just pass it over. It and it can just disrupt. Wow. Now, if you want to wipe something out totally completely, you can put the magnet right on top of the hard drive and leave it there for a couple hours.
1: So basically, a magnet is kryptonite to electronic.
2: Kryptonite to any kind of computer device. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay.
2: Good point. Point number seven talks about use of a toothbrush. I mentioned Q-tip before. Toothbrush is a little bit more abrasive unless you get a really soft bristle. If you want to clean gears or an exhaust fan, this stuff I would leave to professionals. If you're really going to get into any kind of a serious cleaning, unless you really know what you're doing and you've done this before, I would leave this to the pros, but they do recommend getting a toothbrush to clean the areas around the exhaust fan and the gaps between the keys and the keyboard. I would stick to using Q-tips for your keyboard. Don't apply much pressure. You're just cleaning between the cracks. A a toothbrush is a lot more pressure than there would be in the Q-tip.
1: I guess they said an old toothbrush, so maybe they meant literally one that's been used, but that's kind of gross.
2: Even the used one, if the bristles are hard still, just say you use grandpa's brush that he uses for his plate. To say it's well used, but it can still be harsh. That can still be destructive as far as your computer goes. And then some people might take it upon themselves. Oh, there's a nice crack there. I see some dust and just shove the bristles in there and start working things around. Those bristles are really firm. It can cause a lot of damage.
1: Yeah, because it can cause the dust to go further into it.
2: Or it can buckle and rearrange the plastic and metal internally. A lot of those places, like the vents, that's very light metal. Sometimes it's just light copper. and and a very light metal because it's heat sinks, very thin pieces around there and it's easy manipulated. You can just touch it with your fingernail sometimes and bend something. Very similar to an air conditioner, those little fins that you have in the air conditioner cooling area where the coolant is passed over to cool the air. So they have these little fins there. They're really close together and they're very thin. It's so easy to touch one of them and when you touch one of them, you can bend them so quickly. It's the same thing with your laptop. Be careful there. And another thing too, point number eight, you're going to use your laptop, try to keep it on a flat, clean surface. Don't use your laptop on your bed or on an area where it may restrict airflow into the computer, unless a specific laptop. Some laptops are specifically made for laptop use. Just because it's called a laptop doesn't mean it's for your lap.
1: (laughs) False advertising.
2: (laughs) It's an acronym. It's a name that's stuck with it. Uh And it's short too. It's short. Who wants to say miniaturized computer?
1: A laptop is easy to say.
2: It's easy to say. In laptop, notebook, whatever the case may be. Keep it on a clean, flat surface. It's going to benefit for cooling and dust and stuff. If you put it on your laptop or on your bed or on a blanket, it's going to restrict airflow. And then it's going to bring dust and drag dust internally and damage your computer in the space of a couple of minutes. By so placing a laptop that's not meant to be placed on your lap or on a blanket, you can kill it in a couple of minutes.
1: It's right up. I have noticed that before.
2: Now, point nine talks about cleaning up the internal temporary files. We're not really going to get into that because more operating system stuff and that stuff that I didn't really want to touch much on that today. But you can do that if you know how to erase temporary files, run disk cleaner. But that's a topic for another day. Let's just keep it to the hardware. So point 10 says keep liquids and the foods away from your laptop. A lot of people do not. People say don't eat around your computer. Well, I eat around my computer all the time. What I do do, is I have a designated spot for my food. When I'm eating or drinking, I'm always doing it away from the laptop. Just be aware of it and make sure that your drinks are not close so they can't spill up. And maybe you want to elevate your laptop a little bit too, just to avoid that. So if your table that you're working on, you happen to spill something, if your laptop elevated, it's not going to get the water or the fluid. So it doesn't say you don't have to eat around your laptop. It just says be smart about it.
1: I wish I had seen that a couple months ago.
2: And I've done this from personal experience because I've dumped stuff on my keyboards before.
1: Oh, my God.
2: So now my drinks are far enough away and my laptop's elevated.
1: Yeah. My laptop's elevated too, but not elevated enough to where I didn't spill water on it.
2: Mine is probably about six inches off the desk. That's sufficient.
1: I have a little bamboo desktop. It's flat, but it's got sides so I can put my mouse and something else there, like a drink if I wanted to. Then in the middle, it goes up and down so you can adjust the height of the desktop. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It was twenty bucks on Amazon. It's
2: great. Oh, cool! Nice. On the same topic, just say if you're in a really warm environment, there's lots of really good cooling pads that you can buy for under fifty bucks that you can sit your laptop on. It serves two purposes: it keeps your laptop off the desk and allows good circulation, and it'll help prevent dust buildup. And it'll keep a nice constant movement of air over your laptop around the bottom where your air comes in and out, so it keeps your laptop clean. And performance is good, too. So that's a side note. That's not in our list, but you can put it on your list.
1: I actually do have one of those. My family does White Elephant Christmas, and that was one of the presents. My younger brother actually submitted to our White Elephant Christmas, and I really liked it, and I use it all the time.
2: And it's beneficial, right? Most of them do serve a good purpose. There's a lot of them out there. I've seen laptop cooling pads going in from 20 bucks to $300. And very little difference between the $30 one and the $300 as far as performance and benefits go.
1: My little brother is an IT guy. You guys would get along great.
2: Yeah, a lot of gamers who use laptops for gaming.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, they're right into that. They got to keep their machines cool because gaming is so demanding on uh, Computer hardware generates a lot of heat. So moving on to point 11. Says what you need to do if you drop your laptop. So, this kind of gets into a whole different zone. Dropping a laptop can be very minor or it can be very major, and it all depends on how far you drop it and what you drop it on.
1: I dropped a laptop a couple years ago, about two feet, and it broke. It completely stopped working.
2: Yep. Yeah. And it all depends.
1: It was literally like two feet.
2: Sometimes you don't see external damage. Other times you won't. Other times things may look minor and they're not. Basically, you can't tell and you can't say, I just dropped it a couple inches and it's going to be fine. Unless you check it out after the fact and test it, you don't know. No one has any idea. And it also depends on the weight of your laptop too, right? But a smartphone, really same kind of deal. The heavier, newer smartphones, if you drop those, they're going to sustain more damage because of the weight. Right. Just be aware of that. There's a checklist here we can go through. First check to see if the laptop is any external damage, scratches, you know, cracks, indentations that usually come from a pretty serious drop. They say try to switch it on. And if that doesn't work, it's probably permanently damaged. That could be the case or may not be the case. You may have to bring it to a computer shop or get your IT department on the phone to help you diagnose further. So this is a checklist you can use. But if you're working from home and you're using company hardware, I would get the IT people on the phone first as protection for both yourself and for the company. If you take it upon yourself to start doing all your troubleshooting on a particular incident, like a drop, and you damage the computer, you could be liable for it. Right. Get your IT department or your IT people involved if you have them. If you're not, you're going to left up to your own devices. Maybe you want to tell your boss what happened and just say, I'd like to take it to a shop because you don't have the wherewithal or time or the expertise to deal with it. So that might be the best avenue. Point number 12 says what to do if you spill liquid on your laptop. This could get pretty tricky too. Depends what it is. Pop is really bad because it's sugar.
1: And just for those of us in the South, pop is soda or Coke.
2: Soda, yeah. <laughs> Anything with sugar in it, even coffee with sugar, that can quickly become coated and it just, it turns into a glue type substance. If you got a hot coffee, you dump it on your keyboard, all of a sudden it starts cooling and you can see it, it'll start to harden up.
1: Oh, like caramelize almost.
2: Yeah, caramelize, yeah. So here's another case too where you probably have to bring it to the shop. I think best left to a professional. Thing is, you can think everything is clean. Let's just say you take a rag. It's not just a surface you got to deal with. If that liquid penetrated the case, went inside the keyboard, then it's down in your motherboard, it's down in internally. And you might think the exterior looks clean, but inside it's a mess. And you turn it on and zap and smoke and everything and fireworks start happening. So this is something best left to the professionals.
1: You said you weren't going to go point by point, but I think that it is important to let people know, definitely unplug it.
2: Absolutely. So that's a good point. We'll do that. And remove the battery straight away. So unplug and remove the battery. So we'll go down to the points. The next point, try to keep the laptop upside down to prevent the flow of liquid into the motherboard. After you've disconnected it, that's fine thing to do. And then if available, use a microfiber cloth or handkerchief to clean it. That gets into professional stuff. If there's a lot of water, sure, you can just put it there to absorb some but You really don't want to go start swishing stuff across the keyboard. Right. Just absorb the existing water by doing a pat with the cloth to clean up the visible. Then bring it to a computer shop or let your boss know first. In the case of big spills, tilt the laptop upwards in an air vent and shake it gently. Removing the hard drive is also helpful, but needs to be done carefully. That's a professional thing. We don't want our home workers to be doing this on their own. Contact your boss, internal IT, when something like this happens, and they will direct you as to what to do.
1: This last point, I didn't know, so I think it's really important or the second to last point. It says, after cleaning is done, as suggested above, store the laptop in a warm, dry place for one to two days. Because what I learned after doing that, there is a possibility, even if you've wiped it up and it seems dry, you don't necessarily know what's inside, right?
2: No, you do not.
1: It is so important to not turn it back on for a couple days, at least. Ideally, you want to take it to a professional, but if you don't, just make sure it's dry because there could be water in there and it could just all of a sudden fry it afterwards. We'll
2: throw the sort of scenario. Just say you don't have your own on your staff. You tell your boss, your boss says, do whatever. So if you're left up to your own devices and you know it's just water, you pat all the visible water off and then you're going to let it sit. And then another the thing you can do in that scenario is to have a fan close by. Oh, yeah. Put the fan off on the side and let the fan blow air across your laptop. That will speed up the evaporation process and be more thorough for liquids because a lot of the stuff is inside your case now. So if you can create some air movement, that will speed up the evaporation and make the evaporation process more thorough. And I've done that myself personally, so I know it works. Okay, moving along. I think that's pretty much it. So we've come to the end of our list. Anything else that you can think of, Aaron? that we might have missed or any other questions?
1: Oh, when we were discussing this, Dwight, you sent me a couple Of articles to take a look at, right? We like to prepare a little bit. Yeah. And there's another article we had discussed talking about, but you like this one better. And I agree. I think it is really good because it's about hardware. Uh One thing, when I was reading the other one, it says to unplug your computer to avoid overcharging. I didn't know that.
2: I tell you, that's a good point for removing the battery. So if you're working from home all the time, you're not on battery power, not much, but you want to have the battery operate optimally, the best thing to do is to remove the battery and just put it to the side. Because if it's constantly being charged, some laptops and certain brands are more resilient and others aren't. The best thing, if you want to preserve your battery life for as long as possible, is to remove the battery while you have it plugged into the AC. And then when you want to charge it up for any kind of a mobile excursion, then you charge it up. Put your battery in, charge up the battery fully, then take it on your excursion to come back and then maybe charge the battery up fully again and then just disconnect it or take it out. If it's possible, some laptops, you can't even do that. Some of the smaller notebooks and stuff, the batteries are built in.
1: My battery is built in, which I don't like.
2: Yeah, so you can't really do much there. But those are really resilient nowadays. The batteries are more they can take continuous charging and a lot of them have built-in functionality so that when it reaches the full charge, it just disconnects. So it's not like there's power constantly flowing into the battery. It just electronically disconnects from the AC power and will only come back up again when it goes down to a certain percentage to start charging again. If you do it, remove your battery. If you cannot, don't worry about it.
1: What are the best ways to protect your laptop? Do you recommend covers or screen protectors? What sort of physical protection would you recommend? The skins or the snap-on covers, sleeves, things like that? Do you use
2: those? Well, I always carry a laptop. Typically, you want to carry it in a proper case if you're going to go outside with it. So I have a proper bag. Don't just throw it in a grocery bag. Get yourself a proper bag.
1: Added bag.
2: Either your employer supplies it or you go and purchase one from Amazon or from the particular computer vendor like a Lenovo, HP. They'll usually have something for a very good price that you can use to cart your device around in, right? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to screen protectors, I've never ever used them—not on laptops. But if you're going to be sitting in sunshine on your laptop and you want to have a glare screen, that's okay. I don't recommend working direct sunlight anyway on a computer. Period. Whether it's a laptop or a desktop, it's just difficult at best, even with a really good monitor. Any other purposes? I can't think for a screen protector other to keep dirt off your screen. But then again, you're still going to have to clean your screen, clean your screen protector too, right?
1: Right. Yeah, and you did say that it's a good idea to wipe it down. Oh, what do you recommend using to clean your screen?
2: Yeah, what I would do is stuff that you can get on the Amazon and and even a local computer shop or even your Walmart. That's specifically for that. If you go into the electronics section, per se, for Walmart or even some grocery stores, they'll have display cleaners and stuff like that there. You can find them pretty much anywhere. They'll have that stuff. So don't go using Windex. Don't use Windex. Don't use anything like that. Or any kind of window cleaner. You see, Amazon would have lots of stuff too. So you just go into Amazon and just type in uh, laptop screen cleaner, fluid or spray, or it's typically not spray. It is a spray, but you don't spray it on directly. You'd spray it on a, a lint free cloth and then wipe your display with it, right?
1: Well, that makes sense.
2: Now, that being said, too, if you don't have any of that on hand, get a lint free cloth, put some warm water on it, and make sure if the water is not excessive, it's just dampening, it and then squish your cloth and make sure that the water is well absorbed, slightly damp cloth, and then wipe the screen with that.
1: And you recommend doing that when the computer is off, I'm guessing, right?
2: Yeah, all maintenance will be done and conducted with power off and the power disconnected. Okay. I do that as a precaution.
1: Yeah, I might as well, right?
2: So the water thing, though, is the last resort. If you need to clean it, something got dumped on it or it got dirty really quick, you don't have any of these proper cleaners around. So it's kind of an interim situation, emergency situation. Water is not ideal in a way because water can be hard too, right? If you all know what I mean by hard water. Yeah. It can be full of calcium and stuff like that. You can wipe that across your screen. It can make your screen look worse. So it all depends on where you live.
1: Yeah, I visited my friend in Houston a couple weeks ago. man. I will tell you, I have some high-maintenance hair. They're water. They have really hard water. Oh, my goodness. It was extra frizzy. Yeah. And that's saying a lot.
2: So that would be just as brutal on a piece of hardware. You can look at the screen afterwards and say, oh, I can't even read my text on here. All that grimy smears across my screen. So it's just a last resort. Last resort. If you dump something, something happens, something comes across your screen, we have to clean it right away. You don't have the proper tools. Then use a lint-free cloth, moistened very slightly with some warm water. All right. Yeah, I feel like I've been taught. I haven't talked this much in a long time.
1: I love it. I knew you were like excited to talk about this and share your information with everyone. And I think that it's really practical and useful. I feel like I should have known that. But I work for Petronella Technology Group. Mm-hmm. I should have known these things, but I didn't. So thank you for bringing these to our attention.
2: Sure. Much appreciate Hey. There's a lot of people that don't know about it. I mean, even software developers, they just don't take the time to think about these things. But it is important, especially now because people are working from home. We're directing this towards that group of people that are working from home because you're away from the work environment. You're away from what might be regular routine maintenance done by internal IT staff. So regular maintenance is not available. These are things you can do on your own self maintenance to enhance the life of the hardware you're working on, make life easier for you, less downtime, and peace of mind.
1: What do you think about using compressed air?
2: That's a thing to get into in a professional. Okay. Because too much air and too much pressure in the wrong place can damage something severely.
1: Like, I heard that before.
2: I've seen people do that. They go to buy an air compressor. Oh, like, yeah, I'm going to bring it over here to my friend's shop here at the garage and clean up my computer. So they go over there with the industrial strength air compressor and they blow parts off. The whole keyboard's go flying since, since they hit it with some pressurized air.
1: H's and N's going everywhere. <laughs> got a pound sign.
2: Yeah. So what was a laptop turns into many parts.
1: Where'd my F10 go? I don't know.
2: Yeah, leave that to the pros when it comes to compressed air. You'd stuff that people to buy online, but there's a little vacuum cleaners i'll be honest with you those things are useless vacuum cleaners you need pressure and you need it from compressed air and it has to be done by a pro who knows what they're doing and they have the proper tools you can do some light superficial cleaning yourself but for anything internal where you seriously build up dust or goo or debris then you need to bring it to a professional
1: okay i'm gonna go take my laptop to professional literally probably this weekend
2: yeah if you need to
1: I do because I spilled that water and you know I just assumed that the performance issues were from the water but that was a couple weeks after I spilled it I started noticing the performance issues but it very well could be that I live on a boat and I don't properly maintain my laptop
2: so you said you did the water spillage thing just say if the laptop was heavily dusted and watered and got applied to it water and dust then makes more of a congealed sticky yeah taking that dust liquefied it is probably gonna be hardened and more restrictive for airflow. I think a visit to a local computer doctor would probably be in order.
1: I think you're right. Next podcast, after I get it done, I'll let you know how it goes. Good. Thank you so much, Dwight. This is a lot of fun and I really liked how practical this was.
2: I enjoyed the last one too, as well, that I was on to. I don't get to participate in them every day, but whatever I'm doing, I try to input something that's useful, something that's going to be beneficial, something that I believe in and I do. Regular computer maintenance is very important.
1: Maybe the next one we can do could be more of the software, especially if you work from home.
0: Sure, we can do that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That sounds great. All right. Thank you everybody for joining and we will see you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cybersecurity and Compliance Podcast with Craig Petronella. For other episodes and more information, visit PetronellaTech.com. Also visit our other websites, ComplianceArmor.com and BlockchainSecurity.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening and stay secure.